We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, And the third member of our television crew uh, every Tuesday is on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talking Text Line, Rich Morty. Rich, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. How you doing, buddy? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I mean, man. I miss you guys. Just, we've missed one Tuesday already. I feel like it's been a year. Yeah, yeah, uh, boy, uh, Rich, Rich, somebody. Uh, 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 we have to do that show to the day we die. Uh, <laughs> Martin Falls at HTV and Home. Uh, we got to keep doing that. And it might be, oh, well, where's Rich or Bobby or Mike, whatever? Oh, they couldn't make it this week. They just passed away. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 well, thank you, Bob. Right. <laughs> no, we got to keep doing that forever. Rich, I got to tell you this. I had a businessman in, in home I had to talk uh, at, at lunchtime. He tells me, like he said, tell this to Rich and he'll understand. He gets paid the most money for the least amount of airtime of anybody that's doing television today, which you two guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I've, I've said it many times. You know, I could, if I could squeeze Martin for some more money, I try to do it. But you know how that goes. But you know, just being there—it's so much fun. And Bobby's right on. I mean, I so enjoy being there with all you, both of you. You're, you're just so knowledgeable. It's really refreshing for me. And then the the, the fans that we have there, the, the live audience. Yeah. Of those people I've known since I was in the barge business back thirty something years ago. Forty. You know, I used to lease barges at Terry Bro. Yeah, Terry. Yeah, and he's still involved with it too. Also, uh, but, he's older than dirt, Terry. So. <laughs> but uh, Rich, uh, I knew you played lacrosse, but I didn't think at this level. And man, then you start telling me about uh, the All American situation, and then you tell me, man, Mike, I'm going into the Nassau Lacrosse Hall of Fame, and I'm like, what? And you said there's only one other guy who played, was an All-American lacrosse and played football, and that's Jim Brown. So, man, first of all, congratulations. You're going in Saturday the 28th. Uh, it'll be at the uh, Long Island Marriott Hotel. First of all, man, best to you and, and well-deserving. But, man, the resume is unbelievable. I wondered why it took you so long to get in. Well, well, well <laughs> Rich, you were way too yeah. humble to not acknowledge. Uh, yeah, because uh, we didn't know that. Uh, we really listen, didn't. I knew you played lacrosse, but I didn't know you were that much of a stud. Now, uh, to me, uh, the, the hell what you did at Penn State in football or Saints football. When you in the same conversation in the Hall of Fame with Jim Brown, uh, that speaks volumes. And uh, yeah. I, that you were that dominant lacrosse player. Well, I appreciate that. And, and thank you so much. And Bobby, it's the only time I could say that, you know, you're here and I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that is true. That, that is true. That is true. But, you know, I have to say, and this will be, you know, a big part of my, my acceptance speech. Um, I, I played, there, there are seven, it's the Long Island um, Lacro- Metro, Metropolitan Lacrosse Hall of Fame. And on our high school team, there are seven guys. I'll be the eighth guy. And both coaches are in that Hall of Fame. And, and Long Island being a hotbed of lacrosse. Um, so I had a lot of 
a lot of help, a lot of great All-American athletes around me throughout since eighth grade, ninth grade. I mean, I've been so incredibly lucky and fortunate. And well, well the best part Rich, about did you is, did you love lacrosse more than football? Or it was like a hand in hand. What, what was it? I, you know, I'm going to say this on the air and admit it in public, probably for the first time. But I was a lacrosse guy. I I did football because that was paying my way in college. But um, I really, absolutely passionate and loved football. I love lacrosse. The great thing about lacrosse is. I loved practice. Practice was fun. I mean, football's hard. You know that, Bobby. Right, Football's right. not during the week. You know, it's fun on Sunday afternoons if you get to that level or, or Saturdays, but, you know, it's a, it's a long grind. Lacrosse is, you know, you work hard and you've you got to run a lot. I mean, we ran, gosh, forever. But every practice, every time you pick up a stick, it's fun. Well, the, 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 the thing is, Rich, you don't see, uh, like, uh, soccer or uh, the world's football, you don't see any fat lacrosse players. Or, or, or soccer players, because you got to run. You got to be able to run, and you got to continuously run. Now you have to be aggressive and all that uh, when you think of like body checks. But Rich, I've always been in, intrigued, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Then lacrosse start out as a Native American sport. Oh, they would try versus yeah. tribe or something. Explain that to the audience. Upstairs. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if you understand the tribal thing, but I, I don't fully. But the um, yeah, it started up. I think it started up in up uh, in New York, upstate somewhere. New York, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it's you know it really it took root on Long Island, um, and you know I could show you pictures of our original sticks were all wooden, the the side of the sticks were cat gut, believe it or not, and you had to go home and <laughs> and stoke the cat gut and and make it. You know, you molded it kind of like a baseball glove. You molded it the way you wanted it. The ball came out. Back then, the ball came out in all kinds of directions. You had no clue. Today, they're so precise. I mean, they're, they're throwing the ball 110, 120 miles an hour. So imagine getting hit with a with a super ball. It's it's a it's a ball the size of a tennis ball, but it's a super ball. The second bounce bounces forward. It's solid rubber. So it's a, so it gets pretty. You know, you can you can, you can get uh, it gets your attention. But yeah, it's a it's just a it's an incredible game. You, you've got a little basketball plays in it, the pick pick away. Um, you got some soccer stuff in it, so it's it's a combination. It's, it's a fast sport. Um, the field is big and long, um, and it's just a, it's just a very exciting game. And I think what's happening, it's you know, one time before pickleball, it was the fastest growing sport in the country. I think what's happening, you're getting a lot of kids now that are that are moving away from the football thing, the, the size of the lacrosse players are now the typical size is, you know, 6'1", 6'2", 190 pounds, 200 pounds. So you're getting some of the football players that are moving to lacrosse. Unfortunately, the, the pro league is not really taken off. Yeah. You know, team drives that. But, but the college is unbelievable, and, and there's still some several pro teams out there that, you know, a couple of the key guys make, make some good money, but the rest of them don't. Now, uh, Rich, uh, talking about taking off, uh, what about, uh, I don't know if, if I'm describing this right, uh, but your foundation, and you've done this a number of years on the North Shore, uh, right here, uh, all for the Mandeville, Covington community, uh, all on the North Shore, as far as uh, your tennis tournament. Uh, I know I can remember uh, that I, I am like, uh, I don't know, the, the umpire, and you were playing Jim Henderson, that that might have been, I don't know, what was that, about 10, 12 years ago or something? 
And on the part, and, and you and you and Jim Henderson uh, playing a competitive tennis match, and people are watching. And I know your foundation, all the money you've been able to raise with that. Well, thank you for bringing that up. Several things. I mean, Jim Henderson's about ninety, so I think it was about thirty years ago. Um, <laughs> and, and I couldn't beat him then. I probably can't beat him now. But the um, the foundation we've had the the Rich Marty Cancer Fund. Um, we do business now as the Marty Cancer Fund. It's a 501c3. It's now in our 42nd year of fundraising, and we're statewide. You know, we did a we did a fundraiser. We did a, a free screening in Homa at Terrebonne a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so we we're all over the state. But we've been able to raise over the years um, close to four million dollars. The money goes to early detection, education, and individual needs for people that are financially strapped because it, it it affects the finances pretty heavy for most people. And uh, we're getting ready for it. We had a golf tournament for 26 years. We started back in 1979 and Katrina kind of blew that up, but we're having our 35th annual tennis, um, Rich Marty tennis classic at Stone Creek in Covington. And um, it's, it's just been, it's been a great social event. It's a five day event. Uh, We have mixed doubles and back Bobby. I just wrote you a letter today, invited you to come out again and see if you can, uh, you know, get to that level, get to here. um, And there. Well, well, the whole thing (laughs) is, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, my wife's into tennis these day and age. And and so maybe she might want to participate. I I would be the umpire and and be uh, the entertainment. Uh, th- well, that, Daddy that can do, Rich. Daddy can do, Rich. Rich, sort of tell everybody who doesn't know your whole story. If, you, know, you, you went to JUCO, you played lacrosse, and then ended up at Penn State uh, to play football for one of the legendary coaches, Joe Paterno. But kind of how that ride took you, so to speak, from high school to JUCO and then to Penn State. Yeah, great question and i go back to you know some god was watching over me i you know you never get there by yourself bobby you know that you've been in athletics you've right. a lot of around you to help you get there so you know i wasn't a great student in high school i went to junior college uh didn't even play football my freshman year i didn't I, I, that's I, did, I was tired of playing football i didn't like it i just played lacrosse and and uh, we won the <clears throat> junior college national championship and i was a junior college all-american there and then I went out for football the next year, played two games, stepped in a hole, blew my knee out, couldn't play lacrosse, got a quick, I uh, got a full uh, ride to the University of North Carolina to play lacrosse. And then Jim Wyman, who one of my coaches, 87, he just died about three months ago, unfortunately. But he was a football coach, and he was a grad assistant at Penn State about five years prior to that. So I signed a letter of intent, go to University of North Carolina, full ride to play lacrosse. I was going to walk on the football team and then uh, – Weinman called me up. He said, hey, Joe called me. He says, he asked me if I had anybody who could catch the ball. So I gave him your name. Well, no film, no nothing, really. Two games for two days. I was playing fullback. And uh, <laughs> Joe offered me a full ride. Yeah, 165 pounds. <laughs> fullback. And uh, Joe offered me a full ride. And you know, I, I'm, Dad's there, and he says, we want you to come up. We'll, we'll pay your education, and that's going to be number one. You're going to get your education. Um, and if you're good enough, you'll play a little football. That's what he told me. But um, I said, well, I'm not coming unless I can play lacrosse. And my dad kicked me so hard under the table. <laughs> and, and, yeah, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, that, no problem, kid. Uh, boy, uh, Rich. <laughs> it became a problem, I can tell you. But, uh, well, but, so I've been very fortunate and blessed to have people watching over me and, and being around some very good people that 
that just looked out for me. So I, I've been, I'm, I have so many blessings to, to thank. So well, uh, well, Rich, uh, boy, look what, what you did at Penn State. Uh, but you know your offspring and all that. Well, you always want, uh, you know, you you want to succeed, but then your offspring, you want them to succeed. Sure. I mean, you have to be proud of Michael. What he did in Mandeville Skippers, and all of a sudden, what he was able to do at Penn State and his and he leadership. he could have left. He could have right, left and, and easily. And he stayed there and was one of those leaders in all the controversy uh, with Joe Pa and, and, and all what came about. And then now what he's still doing with Penn State. Uh, you got to be proud of that. And uh, and you and your wife, you gotta, I got to give you a lot of credit that you all raised a fine young man. Well, thank you so much, Bobby. I appreciate that. We're, we are proud of him. Not, not what he did on the field as much as what he did off the field when all of that stuff came down. And not only him, but everybody, all the seniors on that team could have left. And um, they left a lot of money on the table. None of them left. But it goes back to what I hope we're not losing. And that's in college football with this NIL stuff. And that's the, these kids made a commitment to the university. They made a commitment to Joe. And most of all, they made a commitment to their teammates. And they stuck by it through really some very, very difficult times. It's, it, it took its toll on a bunch of those kids. Right. They, they talked about it today. It's been 12, 11 years, 10 years. And uh, it was very, very difficult. And Bill O'Brien was the coach at the time, and he was the right guy. He was incredible for the kids. He just joined forces, and they bonded together. And uh, they did some incredible things. They did a documentary on it, and they're trying to get it out. I think Warner Brothers bought it in one of their venues at some point, you know, whenever it comes out. It's called Saving the Raw. And uh, it's not really about Penn State. It's about the commitment that these kids uh, made um, when they went to the University of Pennsylvania. And quite frankly, the um, Barkley um, – was watching all this, and he's wa- and and the dad was telling him before he made a commitment. That dad, his dad was telling him, "Well, you're not going there. That's a crazy place." <laughs> and Barkley Barkley told his dad, it's, "That's exactly why I don't want to go there because it's it's all about tradition, right. about these kids and the commitment they made." So that's that's deep and longstanding, and that's sixty years of Joe Paterno. Now, so, uh, you know, Rich, how about uh, we got a text here and. I don't know. I'm Max Rich. This right now. Yeah, this, I was going to ask it too. I saw the text. It was zero three nine two. Rich Marty was the emergency quarterback for the Saints. I think he actually played a game at quarterback. Is that true? You, you probably were the emergency quarterback for the Saints, but did you actually play, play the a game? game? No. That, well, I was an emergency. That's the damn shit. Uh, <laughs> they're thinking of Guido Merkin. Okay, they're thinking of Guido. I was a backup tailback, and I did a little. You know, I knew some of the tailback plays, but no, I never played quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, now, yeah, that, that's that's what we thought too. Some of the guys that came through our organization, I probably could have played better than, but no, outside Hey, But, Rich, think about uh, you are one of the best special teams players and what now if you top-notch, would they pay them? Uh, if you top-notch special teams player, you get a million dollars. Think about you're that. You're a multi-million dollar uh, yeah, player yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. If you, Look uh, what Justin Hardy got. If you're a special teams ace. Yeah. Huh? It's crazy. I didn't make a million dollars my whole career in eight years. I didn't make a million dollars. I made half of that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's but amazing. You made that in one game, didn't you? No, you no, I had to. I, I, no, listen. tell him uh, he's. Uh, uh, okay, don't, no, don't stroke uh, him, Rich. Uh, but with no, this. But no, 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 Rich. You all know. You know this story. I was like 1990. I held out a whole year. 
I was trying to get market value. I didn't have a contract. People think, oh, why are you held out? Why? I didn't have a contract. And Finks was so old school. He goes, ah, we'll give you 850000 which is a lot. But where I was ranked amongst uh, the 28 starting quarterbacks, they won 32 teams. There was 28. It was right under $1.3 million. So I said, I want market value. Well, we own you. I'm not paying you market value. And then you got a hard-headed Kunas, uh, Cajun. You got a hard-headed old-school general manager, and I wasn't giving in. So you can see how the impasse. I wasn't giving in. It took me three years and three months, and then I won the the lawsuit. And then it's treble damage. So I won the antitrust lawsuit, and the rest is history. And all I know, Finks might be the only general manager – that ever is bringing back or signing a quarterback for the future and doesn't come to the press conference. You know, in 1991, if 4K and uh, Walsh would have worked out, uh, they never would have brought me back. But they didn't work out in 1990. So in June of 91, I'm going to be the Saints' future quarterback. And all of a sudden, he didn't want to pay me a million. Uh, you got to pay me almost $1.8 million. And he won't even show up at the press conference. Because Jim Morris said, I will not sign an extension unless you bring Bear back. Uh, you you want to th- 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 listen like Ricky Jackson all said like oh oh man uh, Bobby uh, you know Mr. Fink's died young you you caused that cancer to grow in him I mean, so I, what I didn't do anything I think how crazy that is Fink's was old school and that's probably why he didn't become the commissioner he didn't become the commissioner because I think there would you know there he had some issues with some of the other owners. Well, and, well, and, and you know, Rich, when you talk oh, about... Uh, what, they were steamed at him because oh, he lost oh, that oh, oh, case. Uh, I, I can tell you, I, I can tell you, uh, uh, Mr. Kraft with uh, with uh, the Patriots and Jerry Jones, there was young business guys. Eddie DeBartolo Jr. at they that time. He did not want a football guy. You know who got hired? And you know why he got hired? Business antitrust lawyer, Paul Taglebu. That's why right. he became the commissioner over Fink's now, uh, you had old school, Hugh Coverhouse, Armadale, they love Finks. But the business people in the NFL, they did not want Mr. Finks. And I'm telling you, that, that humbled him and that crushed him. Rich. Yeah. Uh, Paul did a great job. <laughs> Rich, uh, a little bit about Bobby and I were talking about this Joe Gibbs. So you got an opportunity to play for Joe for a year. Uh, if, it was just one year, correct? Uh, but yeah. Sort of tell us a little bit about Joe, because Bobby and I were talking about that. You talk about underrated coaches. Here's a guy who's won Super Bowls, won it with three different quarterbacks, with Theismann, with Doug Williams, with Mark Rippon. And yet, you know, people bring up Parcells and Jimmy Johnson and even Mike Ditka uh, got a lot more ink for winning one. But look what Joe did in the nation's capital. Well, they, they, they talk about Joe Gibbs racing in NASCAR. They don't even talk about, about him NFL. as a coach. Well, how do you – I mean, look, Joe was – I agree with you. I don't know why he didn't get the credit that he really deserved. You know, he, he wins, what, three Super Bowls um, with three different quarterbacks. Right. And he, goes, he retires from that, and he goes and wins three or four NASCAR championships. <laughs> I mean, right. he's the second largest NASCAR <laughs> owner in – in the business, and but that's just—I mean—it shows you the leadership skills, the mentoring. The, the guy is really phenomenal. I mean, I, I, I've told you guys this, but we'd have—you know—when I left the Saints, we had uh, Bum was the coach, who we kind of really didn't get along great. But we had a—he'd call eleven o'clock meeting. We'd get in it—you know—we'd start the meeting at eleven fifteen when he got there, and by two o'clock we were off. Um, 
because he was, you know, the first race that the track went on. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> Richie had priorities. That fairgrounds <laughs> racing, man. Come on. Well, we get to get to Washington and <laughs> the quarterback and receiver meetings at seven thirty in the morning, and and they bring in lunch, and we don't get home till six o'clock at night. And Joe's coming out of his office four day, four nights a week. He slept there. I mean, he's rubbing his eyes. He slept right. at the office, which they did back then. And so he's, he was so committed and so smart and, and just was a player's coach. And you don't get many of those um, out there. But he really cared about the players. He and Theismann were like Mutt and Jeff. I mean, they did everything together. They thought alike. They did everything. But, you know, we had great talent. I mean, Art Monk and Riggins and Theismann and and uh, who the, the defensive back was uh, uh, Daryl Green. Daryl Green. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, we had a lot of talent. So I was very fortunate to at least spend one year up there. We made the playoffs. We won our division, lost in the first round, but it was the closest I got to smell in the playoffs in eight years. <laughs> so I well, was well, 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 Ridge, before we let you run, I mean, to be in the same breath as like Jim Brown, because I think Jim Brown today – would be a stud, a running back. Uh, you talk about the best of all time. You look He'd at all be the, the best great in running, the NFL today. All the great yeah. running backs well, and all. 80, not at eighty-four years old. Bob. No, 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 no. But, but what I'm saying, uh, uh, like if Jim Brown, uh, what he did in the sixties and all, what he did for Cleveland and all that in his was, prime. In his oh prime. Uh, I mean, uh, he, okay. You, you look at Derrick Henry and what he does with the Titans and all. I mean, I, I, I you cannot tell me that Jim Brown. Would not be amongst the best. Definitely top three in the whole NFL right now, if not number one. I'm talking about players. I'm not talking about a running yeah, back because yeah, yeah. if it would be a uh, running back, he'd be number one. Well, he, he'd be a big running back for today's standards. Yes. I mean, he was, he's a big guy and he's just, just a tremendous athlete. And, and obviously, a pretty smart guy. He didn't kill himself in the NFL. He played his, kind of did a Barry Sanders or Barry Sanders. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to respect uh, what he's done. And what he did on the field, and, and what he's done. All well, the field. only thing hey, he would do movies with Raquel Welch. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, good. the only thing, Rich, is now I'm always going to mention uh, your name uh, with Jim Brown. Uh, one of the greatest, uh, you know. Anytime you make a Hall of Fame, two of the greatest lacrosse players in history, Jim Brown and Rich Marty. Uh, so, so people don't start quite. That's very kind and, and humbling for me. I mean, it really is. It's, it's very humbling. There was another guy, a Penn State guy, it just happened to be, Cole Hogan. Um, is it Tim Hogan? What's his first name? That played with the, with the Patriots. And he played lacrosse. Chris Hogan. Okay. Chris yeah. Hagen, yeah. Chris. Another Penn State guy, he played lacrosse, except, um, and he played in the NFL, obviously. He was just, he wasn't an All-American in lacrosse. He was, he was, he was, uh, he was here, Bobby, and, you know, the, right. some of the other here. Rich, man, congratulations again. Man, we, we're so proud of you, and it's a great accomplishment, and we wish you the very best, buddy. You deserve it. All right, Rich. Thank you so much. Bobby, Mike, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All righty. Rich Morty, Saturday night he'll be inducted into the Nassau County Lacrosse Hall of Fame, and the only other football player there that Jim he joins Brown. in the NFL is Jim Brown. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.